In the name of the crucified and risen Christ, amen. It's a short passage from the gospel, but I think a sort of peculiar one. It has an odd question from Jesus and an unhelpful answer from the man by the pool. The odd question first, Jesus says, do you want to be healed? 38 years this man has been coming to this pool. This man who cannot walk has managed to get there somehow, even if he has been thwarted in his every attempt to make it into the healing waters. Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Yeah. But the man's answer is no prize winner either. A straight up yes might have been nice and appropriate. Yes, I would like to be healed. Instead, we get the saga of his misery, of coming to be healed in these waters day after day, year upon year, and having others push past him and probably actually push him in their own haste to get into the water. I, I expect in its way, it was his answer, his response to Jesus' annoying question. Yeah, no kidding, I'd like to be healed. 38 years, what do you think? I'm doing this for fun? Despite that answer, Jesus does heal him, not with a touch or a word about the man's faith or by announcing that his sins have been forgiven, all of which we have seen in other healing stories. But this time, simply by telling him to take up his mat and walk. More surprisingly, despite the man's general sense of hopelessness, he does it. Just so you know, the story will go on. The authorities will see this man carrying his pallet, and we've been told it's the Sabbath. And carrying that mat is a violation of the no work on the Sabbath rule. And they'll ask, who did this? Who healed you? To which the man will say, honestly, I don't know. I didn't get his name. Then later on, he runs into Jesus in the temple, who tells him not to sin anymore. And now, knowing Jesus' name, he goes back and tells the religious leaders, oh, it was Jesus. The religious leaders add that to the list of the reasons they want to stop Jesus. But that's later in the day. I think there's enough just in the few verses we have with which to wrestle. Starting with Jesus' question, do you want to be healed? Do we want to be healed? When we think about physical illness, I think for most of us, our immediate unquestioning answer is yes. Yes, of course we do. And we certainly want that when someone we love is ill. Yes, Lord, why would you even ask? But the truth is, there is physical illness, but there's actually a whole universe of things 
that keep us from being whole, that keep us from the fullness of life. There are things like addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, food, gambling, shopping. Those are just the ones that immediately come to mind. But even if we're not up against the ferocity of an addiction, there are other things that get in our way. There's our need for perhaps success or recognition or wealth or status. If you are here, if you have spent any time thinking about the Christian life and what it can and perhaps should look like, we both know, you and I, that Jesus will need us to change and likely give up some things in order to follow him that we don't actually want to give up. Taking up your cross and following Jesus just doesn't sound like a good time, even if it is the path to a fuller life. And if push came to shove, which is to say, if Jesus just straight up asked, do you want to be healed? I suspect that we would find ourselves uttering some version of St. Augustine's famous prayer. St. Augustine, back when he was just plain old Gus, liked women and he liked sex. He knew as he began to get to know Jesus that this was going to be a problem for him. So he prayed honestly. What did he pray? Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. I bet each and every one of us has something, maybe more than one thing, though just one will do which impedes our living the life we believe that God calls us to lead. But here's another thing I really love about this story. The man's response to Jesus' question. As I've said at first glance, it's as weird as Jesus' question. Just say, yes, I want to be healed. But he does this whole story about how hard it is been for him to get near that healing pool. He can't do it. He's not strong enough. Other people hinder. Nobody helps. In that, he is telling us that he knows what it will take to get his life back on track. It's that pool. Now, the pool was a big deal in Jesus' day, that particular pool. It was thought to have curative powers whenever the water was stirred up stirred up, it was thought, by the power of God. He knew if he could just make it into the pool at the right time, he would be healed. Now, none of us are obsessing about a particular pool, as far as I know. But thinking about what needs to change, even when we really would like to change, maybe that addiction, maybe our need to be admired, I would guess that all of us have a stipulation, a requirement, our version of the healing pool, if you will. 
For example, once I get that position, once I make partner, once I make this much a year, once I'm in a really happy relationship, once my life is less stressful, then I'll be able to change. Then I'll focus on what really matters. Then I'll be able to stop drinking and on and on. And before we know it, 38 years or more have gone by. Like that man, we're just waiting for those optimal conditions. And like that man, the odds are we're going to wait forever. And if we get those conditions, I'm guessing there's going to be another barrier to our changed life. So what do we do? What do we do? We need to remember the end of the story. Jesus' strange question, to which we know the answer, is, of course, yes. We need to remember the man's litany of excuses. We all have them. And then we need to remember that Jesus heals him anyway, tells him to get moving. Moving is the start of healing. This gospel reminds us, and somehow we always need the reminder, that God wants to heal us. Not only does God want to heal us, God intends to heal us. That is God's work, even if we are half-hearted, have a thousand reasons why nothing will change. Jesus doesn't just stand before us telling to get up. It's Jesus' presence in our life that allows us to get up, to stand up and start walking. And if you don't believe it, then remember that we are still in the Easter tide. And on Good Friday, people who were not ready, who were not worthy, who had done everything wrong, were nonetheless the people Jesus chose to die for, because God intends to heal us all. We want to wait for the magic moment, the right time, the stirred up waters. Jesus doesn't want to wait. So I would suggest now we can wait another 38 or 48 or 58 years. Maybe we get started. Maybe we tell Jesus why the change we need to make is impossible. Go ahead. Tell him that whole long saga. Tell Jesus. Then listen. Listen. Listen for Jesus. Because then you might just find your feet. You might just start walking. Amen.